Welcome to On the Table, a podcast about board games, card games, and tabletop war games. Hey, welcome back to On the Table Gaming. I'm Chase. I'm Josh. Today we are going to be joined by Fabio Curry, the lead developer for A Song of Ice and Fire, the miniatures game. And so I'm really excited to get to talk to him. He's someone in the community that has worked his way up in the ranks being a playtester originally. And uh, it's going to be cool to see what he has to say about kind of the development process of the game. I mean, it's going to be interesting because the insight is going to be a little bit different from, you know, a designer is the one who actually creates it while the developer, he's the one who sort of, I, I think we equated to, you know, he's the one who sharpens the sword, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> so it's going to be, I think it'll be really cool to get his perspective. Uh, but before we go down there and, and talk to him, we got to check in at the Rookery, right? We do. Have we agreed if it's upstairs or downstairs yet? I, I, I still don't uh, let's, let's go up this time. Okay. All right. And let's see what we got in here. Okay. Oh, look at this. Joe jo Jin Reed. Whoa. <laughs> Holy smokes. Who could have seen that coming? Well, maybe Joe Jin could have seen it coming. I don't know. He could have greens saw that coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. So oh. we got the card. We got the front of the card. We don't have the points value, right? But we do have the, the front, which is, that's still the juiciest part, right? Right. You want to run through it? Sure. So he's got uh, Affiliation Kranig Man. That'd be something that's going to help with your Howlin' Reed list, Commander uh, commander list. And yep. his ability, Jojen's ability, is green sight. And I was wondering how they were going to do a mechanic like this. And it's really interesting. It's added in a little bit of RNG. So when this unit activates, roll a D6. On a one, you have the effect Horrific Visions. This unit becomes panicked and vulnerable. So that's that's horrible. You don't want that happening to your units. <laughs> But on a two, I'll roll that every time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. On a two to three, uh, you get guiding hand. This unit may re-roll any misses this turn. So that's kind of interesting because uh, on a charge, you can already re-roll your attacks, but you can't re-roll a re-roll. So guiding hand is going to be really useful in some situations, not so much in others. Maybe you could put this in like a. Uh, the track, uh, what do they call the Kranich men? Is it trackers? Uh, well, the, you know, your Kranich archers uh, or your uh, Stark the Bowman. The actual Stark Bowman, yeah, yeah. The and yeah. reroll those misses. That's pretty good. Uh, or maybe you're already in combat and you don't get a chance to charge. Or maybe you just want to charge and, you know, you don't care. But then on a four through five, the path is clear. This unit may make one free maneuver action. This is huge. At the beginning of an activation. So, you know, you could go from, I'm like lined up where the only thing I'm going to be able to do is charge the front. Okay, now I can kick off to the side and maybe get a flank charge. So that's a, that's a really good ability. And then on a six, even better, look at one opponent's hand of tactics cards and discard one card. And one enemy within long range of this unit becomes vulnerable. Pretty, that's pretty sick. Oh, <laughs> that's down pretty darn good. Counterploys and stuff, just... Oh my God. Let's yeah, that, I mean, it's a one and six. So it, I guess the question is like over six do, turns. Yeah, exactly. But like, so, so the question is, where would you put this guy? I mean, so it seems like, you know, he might be better in a ranged unit typically, although the free maneuver, you know, might be better for somebody that wants to get into the side. So I, I don't know. What do you think? Well, well, I think the, the archer's range units, I think, makes sense because you can keep them at range. You can move maneuver into position. But what about something like a berserker squad? Is that crazy? I don't think it's crazy. Because I, I think if they become panic and vulnerable, really do they care? No, they don't care about either of those two things because what do they have, like a four plus morale? Yeah. And, I mean, their, their armor saves is not going to get much worse. So I think, no. I think that could be very good. <laughs> and and uh, I, I do think, you know, the, the Kranigman affiliation is not to be overlooked if you're using Howland Reed as a NCU commander. You know, he's got a really lot of great cards that, only, you know, really take uh, extra effect uh, when you're using your Kranigman unit. I don't have that much experience with them because we haven't had a ton of support for that yet. 
but I think that's going to be really cool. And then, of course, you know, the Cranberry trackers are another you know solid choice because, of course, once they complete a maneuver or retreat, they can make a free re uh, range attack action. So you stick, uh, you know, him in with these oh, guys. Yeah. And then, you know, you get that free maneuver. Awesome. I'm going to make uh, a free ranged attack. I mean, it's an order, so you couldn't do that more than once. Uh, but maybe you're maneuvered off to the side. You get a free ranged attack. And then as your actual activation, you could declare a charge and you're in the flank. So, so I mean, that, what's, that this is the, the turning point of my my uh, playing style here is before when I was Lannisters, I'd be like, yeah, free maneuver, attack me, Lannister supremacy, attack me again, Lannister supremacy. Now when I hear that, I'm just like, oh, my, my free throw graders, they're going to die. <laughs> this is, Makes a, they're yeah, going yeah. to melt. I'm like, oh, I don't know what I, how I really think about this now. Uh, yeah, I think I think your mileage may vary quite a bit for the for those types of units. I mean, the Criticman trackers, I think, are going to be pretty good for five points. I mean, I guess we'll have to see how much Jojen Reed is. Um, you know, given the effect is variable, as you mentioned, you know, it's you, you could roll that one over and over again. Yeah. Uh, so, it, you know, I'm assuming he's going to be a little on the lower side of the points value just because there is a potential drawback. Although I, it's interesting to see them explore the space a little more, too, like what we saw with um uh joffrey right is that there's sort of this like push and pull where you know you're getting some cool effects but you're also seeing a drawback from the unit which is something a little different that we haven't seen before and we're starting to see some really cool new design space with heroes just in general so yeah he looks really cool and you know the other big piece of news is maybe you guys have seen some of our postings on online we've taken over on the table gaming is taking over managing a song of ice and fire competitive community.com so a song of ice and fire cc.com and uh don Schelke, he's going to be focusing more on attending tournaments and kind of reporting back to us what's going on there and getting some competitive games in and and crushing his opponents and uh <laughs> so, the lamentations you know, of the women exactly and uh <laughs> less less so updating the website so we're happy to step in there and uh, make sure to to look out for his future content there but also we've got a lot of cool things coming down the pipeline so make sure you check out that website. We're going through and we're updating slowly all the unit tabs. Uh, so that's going to take another week or so. But uh, we're already getting some cool articles up there. And, uh, you know, make that your one-stop shop for all things A Song of Ice and Fire. I mean, you know, Chase is obviously doing most of the work here. So <laughs> I, what I've seen so far is it's it looks absolutely awesome and, and you know it's it's something that it was a resource for me when i when the game first was you know coming out and it was something that i would go to all the time and then as don got a little busier obviously you know there hadn't been an update in a while i was like oh man that, that stinks that i was really you know kind of into that site uh and so it's really cool now that we you know now that uh you know we're managing it i think it's gonna be awesome to have it be a, a center for the community a center for competitive play and, and really start driving some interesting uh tournament discussions and we have sort of the, the I don't want to spoil too much, but uh, our big vision is that we're working uh, with a community member to develop a tournament system where you can input your Song of Ice and Fire builder lists as the TEO, where you enter the name of your event and you copy and paste your players' lists into it and hit submit. And it will take a snapshot of their lists in case they want to change it in the Song of Ice and Fire builder later. And then it will collate all that tournament data into one place that we can display on the website so we will have the definitive competitive community lists of tournament, um, you know, list that's coming down the line. It's going to be a little bit more work. We're ironing out some of the details. If you are running a tournament though, in the next, you know, two, three weeks, let's say February, March, early March, you're running a tournament and you'd like to help us pilot this. Shoot me an email at on the table gaming at gmail.com. And we'll send you out the special TO link. 
oh, we're going to eventually down the line have it so it's like a password to get into just so people can't like randomly spam it with lists that aren't actually running tournaments. But um, <laughs> all, the, all of a sudden, there's going to be these like crazy erroneous you know, right? tournament results. Like, holy smokes, what is it's, what is going on? Here? Like, it's, we just hosted the Chase on the Table Gaming tournament where the only player was Chase from on the table, and he won again with a free. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, send us an email, and we will shoot it out to you, and and you can help us out with that. And it's going to be a little bit of figuring things out in the beginning here, but we appreciate your support as a community. I think and what we'll do is is really kind of keep people engaged in the competitive side of things, thinking about you know uh, meta lists and and wondering about. You know how things are actually going to go when we broaden this out to multiple tournaments and we can start to see you know uh you know wh- who really is the top dog in the, in the meta absolutely and then the last thing before we we go and talk to our guest here is that you know we've we've been really trying to help grow the community and on a song of ice and fire cc.com there is a new post that says rally the troops and we've tried to list all of the resources and community content creators that we could find and uh, we really appreciate the support you guys have shown us and if you could take a second and go down that list and find some of these guys that are just starting out making YouTube videos or podcasts and and, and give them a like or a listen and uh, check out what they're putting out there. And when we started out, you know, we were really small and um, it was really encouraging to get those likes and that feedback. And there's a, we want more people making more content for this game and getting the word out of how awesome it is. So uh, if, if you got a second, it only takes a moment. And some of the stuff's really cool. You might find your, your new favorite thing out there besides the Song of Ice and Fire uh, on the Table Gaming Podcast. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, give them a like, give them a listen, and, and help spread the good word. And, you know, with that being said, uh, we are really excited to have our, uh, our guest, Fabio Curry, the lead developer for A Song of Ice and Fire, the miniatures game. Um, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much, Chase. I'm really glad to be here. It's always a pleasure. So your name's been around for a while. We were looking through the old, old uh, rule book for the credits and stuff. So now you are the lead developer for A Song of Ice and Fire, the miniatures game. So first off, what is a lead developer? All right. Yeah, uh, that's a great question. <laughs> well, basically, there's a big difference between the game designer and the game developer. So the designer is who has all the cool ideas and how the game actually should be. For example, in Song of Ice and Fire, oh, we have units and this is how their stat line is going to be uh, red, right? And also this is what they're allowed to do. They can maneuver, they can, uh, we have NCUs that claim the tactics board. And basically, that's mostly the designer's job. And then the developer comes along, and what he does is he looks at the game, he plays it over and over and over, and then he says, okay, this unit's attack is too strong. Let's make it from a 3-plus to a 4-plus. For example, a developer also can say, okay, this ability is OP. Let's remove it from the game, or let's nerf this down a bit. And uh, uh, so so if anything is uh, overpowered or underpowered, so people should send their mail to you? Is that what we're hearing? <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> uh, I guess people should trust in our job. You know, like... The developer isn't just hanging around. He's looking for these issues and he's looking to see if something is going wrong or right. If not just if it fits the points, but also if it's flavorful. I guess the developer also sometimes when, when we're playtesting, right, I get to look at what's going on and, and, and then I say, well, this ability is really cool on paper, but people don't know how to use it or when to use it. Let's change it around a bit. Oh, okay. And, Make it like more intuitive or something. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. So I do a lot of grammar. Like I don't do the proofreading, right? But I do a lot of uh, checking if the wording is okay, if everything's going to make sense and is coherent. So how does, I mean, how does the playtesting process work? So do you have like a group that's kind of like running through speculative units and you know, you're getting the feedback from them and kind of incorporating that into the design? There's not a lot I can go into detail about playtesting, but I can tell you this, a lot, a lots of times my playtesters come in and I set them up with lists and then I watch them play and take notes, right? That's basically it. Like the more I interfere, the more it's affecting my job as a developer, because usually I guess Michael said this previously in a podcast. It's not what Michael says. It's not what I say. It's what's in the rules, hmm. right? So uh, lots of people, when they're playtesting and they're next to the developer, they think, well, sh I should just ask him. And then they get kind of lazy and they don't want to think for themselves. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so then that I defeats the purpose, right? I want to uh. see if they can comprehend and they can play right and they can... Uh, look at the list I gave them and see where the potential combos can be and what they can do. Obviously, I don't always just make a list to make combos. You know, when you're first playtesting a unit, you just kind of, you can have a statistical analysis of what it does already and run the numbers in your head. But sometimes you have to see if it actually feels that way on the table. Right. So like, because then if you just run statistically, you're not taking maneuvers into consideration you're not taking counterplays. So you really need to see them play, being played. And then we just do that over and over. Yeah. So I always wonder with this game because there's so many layers to it. So it must kind of be really difficult to, to balance all those elements, right? Because you don't just have the maneuvering piece. There's also tactics cards. There's also the tactics board. So there's a lot of ways that these commanders. Can yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it changes a lot. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of stuff. Uh, I'd say that the biggest challenge for me, like uh, specifically for myself, is getting the starting deck play uh, tactics cards right. Because that's right. going to be in there forever, right? Right. <laughs> and right. if you get them wrong, you're, you're probably screwing up your whole faction. So uh, before we maybe go into more about the design process, like how, how did you end up at Simon Games? Oh, okay. Well, I used to play test for them. If you actually check in the first edition of the rule book, I'm in there as a play tester. We see, yeah, Fabio, could he, uh, Hish? Hirsch. Yeah, Hirsch. yeah. Ah, oh, we found you. You're in there. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, they, uh, the developers that were taking care of the core set, which were... Fabio Tola and Leo Almeida, which are incredible developers, they needed to hop onto other projects, right? Because they can just do this one thing. So they said, okay, we need a, a guy with a war game background and you come here a lot and you, you, you give good feedback. How would you like to join us? And I'm like, wow, okay, yeah, that sounds fun. <laughs> but, <laughs> but before that, um, I used to work in, in a sales division for Ubisoft. Ah, that didn't okay. really give me a gamer background or anything. I just kind of knew the people mm -hmm. on the market, I guess. And also, uh, I've been playing war games for a long time. Although I did start recently compared to a lot of people, because I know people who play for like 20 years and whatnot. And in my case, I started playing with a Lord of the Rings strategy battle game. Sure, yeah. And, yeah. and then I got hooked and I started playing everything else. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they got their hooks in, right? Once you, you it's a, it's a, 
addiction. You start getting into it and you're like, this is awesome. Takes over everything. Yes, especially because it's really cool how the different games, uh, each one, the mechanic fits the flavor. And that's something while I was playtesting for Song of Ice and Fire that I really found was amazing because I'm a fan of the books and the TV show. And well, I just looked at the characters and I thought like, wow, they're very flavorful. But I guess anyone who's listening already agrees. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So um, you mentioned specifically the uh, Lord of the Rings game. Uh, any other games that you think that you've played that maybe have like informed the way you approach this game? Things that you were like, oh, that, that definitely is a great idea for a game or it had a certain flavor that you liked or there are things that you're like, definitely want to make sure this doesn't happen to, <laughs> to a song by Fire the Miniatures game. Yeah, I guess I do have my influences, but they don't affect uh, the Song of Ice and Fire game as much because, like I said, I'm doing uh, the development work. So right. oh, I, guess I you're just right. need to make things run smooth, right? I don't really have the ideas and so on. So when Michael Chanel with his card game background is like, I got all these crazy tactic cards ideas. You're the one who's like, yeah, let's, let's, <laughs> let's take that a step back here. We gotta- yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, we have these, these battles, but I guess Michael is... Uh, because of his huge background, he makes things uh, already very smooth. So that makes my job easier, right? I just, it's, it, the devil's in the details and players can, uh, players will always find exceptions and corner case scenarios that you have to try to look for beforehand. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, that's the hard part, I would say, because uh, eventually when something comes up, and then you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I overlooked that. Although it's rare, right? It, I, I wouldn't say it happens that much. And in most cases, I would just say, uh, get good, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I know I, I've listened to a podcast with uh, you know, Mark Rosewater, who's the designer of Magic, which is like a game that, you know, it's a huge company that produces it. And they, their whole thing is like, even as robust as their playtest system is, like the game is played more times in like the first weekend that it's out than like all the playtesters put together because it goes up to such a, a bigger audience. So it's, you know, there's always going to be that possibility of, I mean, you know, missing like some little interaction or combination uh, that you may, you know, down the road tweak or adjust, right? Yeah, exactly. That's why we we try to have the FAQs and they they usually come like a month after launch of the core mm-hmm. box because... We get so much feedback and then we can just uh, look back at that. But they're usually pretty short, right? In, in my defense. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I, I did have a question because I was, I was curious what it looks like. So, you know, and, and you know, if, you, if there's any sort of insider info that we're not allowed to know, that's okay. But um, what does it look like? So you get your sort of unit design coming from, is that from Michael that would turn that over? And then you guys run it through the playtesting at that point? And that's is that when you kind of turn the knobs and... Make sure everything works? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I usually try to be thorough. I also point out uh, possible issues that I'm going to take an extra keen eye on before we do the playtesting. And he also sends me his worries. So we usually already uh, do the playtest runs, trying to look for specific problems. And then usually something else comes up as well. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, but that's how it, it works in general. He He'll send me his stuff. Uh, this is way in advance right so he sends me sometimes ideas that i'm not gonna play test in a long time because you really need to have this broader overview oh interesting he shows me stuff that is going to be in my development cycle like months later but while we're discussing at the same time 
stuff that is going on in the current development cycle. That must be an interesting challenge too, because as things are sort of, you know, you're getting your your new stuff coming down the pipeline that you're balancing against all the stuff that we have. But then, you know, as you're making changes and tweaks to the stuff that's being developed, you know, th- how, how does that affect everything else that you've tested, right? So there's always this kind of like piecing it together as it goes. That's got to be uh, interesting. Yeah, I, I actually have this huge uh, spreadsheet with lots of abilities. So sometimes I think like, oh, this looks too much like such and such. And then I check it out and it really is. And then, <laughs> it's like, this is the same thing. We just. <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of like theory crafting behind it, but you only get it right after you do a consistent amount of playtesting. Right. I know there's been some units out there that, that people have been chomping at the bit to hear more information about, like the uh, House Bolton Blackguards. And I know Michael's talked about how they've kind of changed since their original sort of tease back in the Kickstarter. I think they had, what, spiked armor? You'd roll on a defensive save of six. They would uh, make the attacker suffer a wound. And I think Michael said that there's something more about like a fear mechanic now or panic-inducing effect. So are there units that like you get tossed and then you have to like, basically be like, yeah, no, rework this. And that it goes back and forth like multiple times or is generally like, you know, one time enough? Uh, it, it really depends. Uh, it's a case by case scenario where some units, they just feel right. Right. Like they feel so right. And in the case of like the Bolton Blackguards, we were thinking of like, if you're playing Bolton, what, what do you really want to do? What are, what are your tropes? And we, we thought that would make se- more sense. Than just getting punched. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. You're like, I don't want to just get hit and do wounds back. I want to scare people. So it wasn't like in this case, it wasn't really a balance issue or nothing like that. The other unit uh, worked fine. Uh, like we did already tweak a lot of stuff uh, compared to like the Kickstarter version. But it was running fine. And then we just said, okay, this is not flavorful. This is not fun. Let's, mm-hmm. let's do something that uh, is not only balanced, but also fits the theme, right? I guess that's what got me into the, the playtesting when I, when I originally started is, like I said, I think this game is so flavorful and the characters have so much to do with what they are in the, in the book series. I think faction identity is something that people, players identify with, which is something that's great when you, you know, when you have a play style that, you know, you kind of expect you know, these are what, this is what Boltons are going to be doing. And I, you know, that's something that really appeals to me. So if you get a unit that's kind of like doing a completely different path, it's not going to really feel the same. So I, I totally understand that's an uh, important part of the game. So, you know, what, maybe we're going to ask the question that, I don't know how well you can answer these, uh, if you're not supposed to say or things like that, but do you have a favorite faction? Like what's your, as far as the lore, a fan of the series, the books, um, you know, when you sit down to play, like what, what a uh, faction that's, Probably, I'm assuming you have to say what's released yet. What's your favorite faction? Yeah, okay. Um, this is really hard because uh, I'm using units that are, aren't released yet, right? Like, I'm, I us- I'm usually a year ahead of you guys. Whoa! Oh, my <laughs> yeah, gosh. At least a year ahead of you guys. So in a year, so, what's our favorite actions going to be? <laughs> so, like, there's so many options. But like I said, I always keep an eye on uh, what people are playing. And I guess in the current game, right, with all the release stuff, because I've, I've been checking my War Council app at, while we speak, I would say my favorite flag faction is the Lannisters, just because I like ah. the control. Yep. 
and I think they have a lot of good stuff going for them right now. Um, oh. Even without the mountain, I'm I'm thinking of like a, a tournament play. So mm-hmm. I would say they have a, a lot going on, and especially with the the crossbowmen. And I know people are are not gonna like this, but the halberdiers are amazing. I just don't think people position them right. <laughs> Get good, <I> guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. But, so I got extra units of those, and I've I painted them. So although I'm mostly playing free folk now, I could I could bust at the Lannisters here and then. I, I heard you were playing the free folk, and I found that very inspiring. Uh, I really like the way you said. Uh, I want to get a better knowledge of what each unit does. So when more stuff comes out, I'll be able to play. Although I do think uh, that with the current uh, units, you can play very, um, very meta. Yeah, the problem that I had was that, uh, especially coming from being a Lannister player and putting a lot of time into those units and those strategies, um, I felt like a lot of the skills didn't transfer over to the Free Folk. Like It's such a different army. Uh, that it's been a little bit of a learning curve for me there. <laughs> but, yeah, definitely. I, I can why... see where that's from, but every faction has a very different play style. Mm-hmm. Are you uh, involved with the development of the app at all, or is it just a handy tool you like to use because it is the official app? Um, so we're always talking to uh, the IT crowd <laughs> and marketing and trying to make the best product available. So we actually did look at a bunch of other apps and we kind of saw like, oh, this is neat. This is not going to work for our game and so on. The app actually has been patched a couple times mm-hmm. and we do take in player feedback. So um, please write in those forums, right? <laughs> and we actually did give it a lot of improvements. So now that you can actually place attachments without having deployed units first, Uh, And then you can add a unit to the attachment afterwards. Um, You can also check your commander uh, at any moment. And you can actually choose a commander and see his tactics cards next to the commander button. Also, we have a print to PDF mode now that I don't know if people know, but you can actually do that. And it's going to do an A4 page with all the unit stat lines and skills. So you can actually print that and take it to the tournaments with you. That's amazing. I wasn't aware of that PDF uh, ability. Yeah. So you, when you're in your army list, you just go menu and print, and it's going to uh, make a PDF that you can share through um, all your social medias. Awesome. And so, And that was also inspired by... Uh, what we were seeing in the community and also in other war games. And what's the best way to send community feedback um, back to Simon and you guys? Is it to go on the forums? Yeah, I'd say um, the official channel is always best. So you can go to the forums. But like I said, we always do read uh, most because there's a lot of stuff, but most of like Facebook and Discord. But I would suggest uh, going to the Simon forum. That's awesome that you guys are so plugged into the community like that. Yeah, it's really important because you see a lot of people like showing love for the product and you really want to make the best product you can with all the resources that are given. So, yeah, that's it. (laughs) You know, part of the development process, does that also include um, going through scenarios? Oh, yeah, definitely. And game modes are something we're also uh, very 
uh, in touch with and always keeping an eye. And that's why we actually did the Feast for Crows errata because we saw that uh, with all the new releases and so on, that wasn't playing the way we wanted it to. <laughs> yeah. And, and good changes there. Yeah, I, I hope uh, people did enjoy that. We also released a new game mode that you guys uh, already talked about. It's dragons. Which is, yeah, exactly. Sorry, a Dance oh, with Dragons? One. Yeah, yeah. I, you thought we were talking about a different one coming up, huh? Mm. <laughs> what, what do you think we said? <laughs> no, no, we're, I was talking about Dance with Dragons. Exactly. Got, oh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, <laughs> say no more, say no more. I see how it is. And um, th- we also released one scenario play, which was the Battle of the Whispering Woods. Right. And... Um, they'll there'll be more there'll be more right so and I think that's, those are something that we're always excited to see because it's like whenever you you know switch something around with the scenario it's so exciting to like get that out and just see how that's going to adjust your game plan change up what units you might take you know do you need more maneuverability do you need more you know sort of survivability so that's always uh you know we're definitely excited when we see a new a new game mode come out and exactly the dragons is so good like you guys yeah. nailed it on that yeah yeah (laughs) thanks okay so that one really had some hard balance to be done and a lot of dev work because you really need to see like how do you avoid people from just picking that and running away real fast and and then we had to put in the movement limitation rules so that was really fun to work on and it was really rewarding when it came out in my opinion very smooth I, I agree. I think that the the movement restriction when you're carrying the objective and the fact that you can drop it, uh, right? Is it, if you fail panic test, Chase, is that right? Yep. And, and I think that just that makes it so much more interesting because otherwise, you know, if you, if you could just move freely, you, you know, grab it with some cavalry, take the maneuver space, and then, you know, see it. <laughs> Peace. You know, all the free folk <laughs> yeah. running slowly behind. Wait. Right. right. <laughs> so, yeah. Then here's the, this yeah. is the real tough question then, okay? So not to put you on the spot. So we've got all these game modes. We've got a Game of Thrones, a Clash of Kings, a Storm of Swords, a Feast for Crows, a Dance with Dragons, and the Winds of Winter. There's a, a forthcoming George R. R. Martin book called A Dream of Spring. But are you going to have to slow down your scenarios to only release them when he releases a new book? Because we're running out of titles <laughs> here. I don't know if we can wait seven years between scenarios. Oh, uh, so I'm just a poor little developer. <laughs> And I don't really know. It's not that I can't tell, but I'm not really sure because that's more with the licensing people. I gotcha. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is this going to be, you know, the next scenario is going to be like a future book title. I'm like, that game was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> TBD. TBD, yeah. Um, but you I do like how they Iron have... Blood, right? Uh, that's the, the Targaryen biography, even though Oh, it's... yeah. Okay, yeah. The so you have one, one you have... and then... Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I'll just have it go down the list of what other book. I got to pull up his like book uh, list here, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll have one called uh, the history of Westeros. Or- yes, yeah, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> just other works. Um, yeah, uh, you know, the Warrior Review, the Mystery Night. I don't know. We get gets a little weird here if we do that, though. The yeah. uh, Sir Dantos the. Brave? Yes, Duncan Egg. We just need the egg scenario. <laughs> um, but yeah, all right. So uh, no, no lips are sealed there. Okay, so you're you're well practiced here, not giving out spoilers. Yeah, I I actually uh, 
have a spoiler to uh, boon you guys with. Oh, but, uh, wow. That's... What do we got here? Yeah, we, we can. I don't know if you want it now or if we can leave that for the end. This isn't going to be one of those things where I have to like come up with specific questions to ask. And if I don't ask the right question, <laughs> oh, you no, I believe... don't have like a uh, Michael superpowers. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you don't believe the amount of messages we got about that one. <laughs> so, yeah, they were like, what, what did you guys come up with on the spot? I was like, how many points is it? <laughs> and then, uh, but that was yeah. a good question, right? That Yeah. <laughs> well, then mine was, what was the attack profile? And everyone was like, what were, what were you thinking, man? <laughs> what? Just hear the booze. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, well, what do you got then? What, what you gotta don't um, don't make us wait here. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, uh, with the Stark Hero Box Two coming out, we have Arya Stark, right? Oh yeah. Which in the books is one of my favorite characters, and there is she she has something special about her, right? That it's not even written in her card, but she actually opens up characters for you to put in your army, which you would not if you did not have what? Arya Stark. Oh. What? Oh, cool. Yeah, that's all I can say. That, that's that's oh. interesting. That's a heck of a tease. Whoa. That's a good yeah. one. Jeez. Whoa. So it's going to be the, the Fabio lead developer of A Song of Ice and Fire episode slash the podcast where Arya is teased. <laughs> yeah, the tease not spoiled, I guess. All right, there we go. That's that. amazing, though. That'll get some clicks for sure. <laughs> oh. That is really cool. Now, do you ever find that, like, you know there's, like, something coming up that's going to be released and you're, like, excited for it to get out there just so the community can play with it? Like, something you've worked on for a while and it's just, like, you know, you know oh, it's yeah. coming, but... There are a lot of things, actually, that... Uh, I've been, I've worked on that I want the community to actually check out and I really want everyone's feedback. I think that's like the amazing part when people say like, oh, that's really uh, like interesting to play with. Or even when you see like a post saying, oh, this thing is broken and right under it, another post saying this thing is OP. <laughs> <And> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's also really rewarding. That's like, okay, I did my job right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that was one thing that like, you know, even like with the free folk, there was a guy who wrote down like this whole breakdown of how he was like completely undefeated with smoking everybody. And then like two posts later is like, some guy's like, oh man, I can't win a game. It's like, it, it, it definitely feels like everything's in the right place right now. Yeah, that, that's really good. Uh, and also, like I said, these mixed responses are actually a, positive thing right if everyone was saying like ah, it's okay that would be worse because then because then it's not fun and that's also right. part of like not just the design but the development cycle which is is this fun because it can be totally balanced and not not bring a tear during the game right exactly you have like a, all five point units and they're all like sixes across the board and everyone's the same it's like that wouldn't be very fun. Why would you play a different, you know what I mean? If everybody's identical, you're not really going to see too much flavor. So that, I, I, I think it's awesome. And I just yeah, can't believe how, how young the game is though, right? I mean, it's, it hasn't been out for a year even. And there's, we've already added, you know, two new factions. They've got, you know, the hero boxes coming out in just a month or so. That's going to add so much to the, the whole span of the game. Things are looking good. Yeah. And, and let's keep it that way. Let's buy more products <laughs> <laughs> there's the plug uh, well all right well thank you so much for coming on and uh, we're definitely gonna have to have you come on in the future for uh, some more spoilers or uh, other updates as maybe new factions or new rules come out um 
But in the meantime, we hope you get your miniatures on the table.